Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Draymond Green and Steph Curry really believe that their 2015-2016 Warriors team could beat the 1995-1996 Chicago Bulls team. We're here to talk about how wrong they really are. And LeBron just can't stay out of the media. LeBron continues to make excuses for this season as getting his head coach fired once again. We're going to discuss all that today on this episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into the topics for today, please, if you're watching this on the video version on the YouTube channel, uh, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast in audio form, it can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast. So please follow it and rate it. Leave it a review on Apple. Uh, you can leave it a four or five star review on there. Uh, please and thank you. Uh, the bu- podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, you can get the Belly Up Media Network. There are podcasts, blogs, and every type of content out there for you. So please go do that for me. Go check that out. Um, this podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football. And it's back to the basics, books, and drills. All those football coaches are looking to be more simple. And Coach Stone Football takes a lot of the work into his own hands. That's why he has his back to the basics football drill manuals. His first book is over 500 pages. That is crazy. It's a lot of drills, but he's got a bunch of other stuff out there on offense, defense, special teams. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all that stuff on there. Um, you will not be disappointed. You will never have to look up another football drill again. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So, Draymond Green has his own podcast on the volume. Uh, it's a podcast network by Colin Coward. Uh, Draymond Green is still a member of the Warriors. He's been injured. Uh, but he has been a part of some good teams with the Warriors. He's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and a little stint with Kevin Durant to create their own super team. Uh, you know, LeBron kind of paved the way for super teams a little bit after the Boston Celtics did it as well uh, in the mid-late 2000s when they faced off against Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. But Draymond Green has now started his podcast with the volume. He had his buddy Steph Curry on, and they discussed different things, did not watch the whole thing. But one of the things people took away from it was they talked about their 2015-16 Warriors team that went 73-9 and to beat the Chicago Bulls of the 1995-1996 season for their 72-10 and record in the regular season. Those Chicago Bulls teams were titled as the best team ever created due to the record of 72-10. and now, we all know it's hard to say which team is the most best team ever in the history of any sport. Uh, we are a numbers statistical world now where only thing that matters in discussion or debates is numbers. When we talk about the greatest of all time, especially in basketball, we talk about statistics, we talk about points, we talk about rebounds, and apparently those are what matter. But when you talk about the nitty-gritty of winning championships, talk about the era of basketball, we talk about who's on the team, who's not on the team, how do you all that, it becomes a little more difficult because we are so on to the numbers. Numbers are a good story. The numbers are a good conversation starter. The numbers do have their place in conversations. But we've lost the sight of watching the game. We've lost the sight of bringing the human competitiveness. We've gotten away from the team aspect when we talk about basketball. So, talking about this, if you're on the team, of course, you're going to defend your team. You're going to defend your teammates. And you wouldn't have it any other way. That just shows you're a good teammate to the guys you had. But Draymond Green and Steph Curry really do believe that their 2015-16 team was one of the best teams ever created, if not the best. But they also think their 2016-17 team was the best to ever be created. They believe those two teams could beat the 1995-1996 Bulls. Now, to remind everybody, the 2015-16 Warriors went 73-9. 
We're up 3-1 on the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers when it was his second go-around with Cleveland. They blew that 3-1 lead. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving came back down to be the only team to come back from 3-1 to win the finals. That gave LeBron James his third NBA championship. It is probably the only championship that you could give credit to LeBron James, who would not have won them without Kyrie Irving, but you have to give him credit. Probably the only finals where he gets any sort of credit or respect. Draymond Green, on his podcast, they believe this team was better than 1995-1996 Bulls. They also think their 2016-17 team was better. So, we're going to, let's listen on to Draymond Green and Steph Curry talk about how that team was better. Steph Curry just says, I concur. Then we will discuss who is actually the better team when it comes from eras. Who's on the team? Who did they play? How did they play? What has changed? We'll discuss that. So let's take a listen to Draymond Green talking with Steph Curry. To be quite frank with you, I still think we had best team ever. Although we didn't finish it and win a championship, I still think that was the best team ever until... 2017. <laughs> I was about to say, where are we, where are we going with that? Because that team was nice. <laughs> Until 2017. <laughs> and then I think that team took over as the greatest team ever. <laughs> so I think we still oh, accomplished funny. it. That's Best funny. team ever. But not quite, you know, people take numbers and they want to put the numbers there and say, oh, well, the Bulls had 72 wins. It's a feeling, wins. bro. Like, exactly. We were the best team ever. I, I, don't, I don't care what no one said. I can't see anyone beating that 2017 team. Not even our first, the 15, 16. I, I can't see anyone beating that 2017 team. They say in the medical field, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so they talked about how they had the best team assembled in 2015, 16 because they went 73 and 9. Then you hear them say, well, that was the best team, but wait a minute, we had. The 2016-17 with Kevin Durant, who came on that team. And they're laughing, saying, nobody, they can't see anybody beating that team. So they're talking about against, we'll just talk about the Bulls. I can think of a few teams that could beat that Warriors team. Now, were those Warriors teams really, really good? Absolutely they were. You don't go 73-9 and by mistake. But you have to look at the way the game is played. You have to look at how are they scoring. You have to look at who they're playing. And then, I've said this a million times, this era of NBA, some play defense. You still have to play a little bit of defense in the playoffs. But the type of defense that was played in the 80s, in the 90s, early 2000s, and even a little bit of the mid-2000s where it started to kind of dip down. Defense in the NBA is soft. You touch a guy's jersey, it's a foul. You breathe on somebody, it's a foul. You look at somebody the wrong way, it's a foul. NBA today is based on three-pointers. 80s, 90s, mid-2000s, early 2000s. You had to rely on big men. But here's the difference between those 1995 Bulls and some of the other teams that relied on big men. They could still run the court. Now, when we talk about eras, 
and we talk about what's different. Three-pointers. So a big knock on some of the Bulls and one of their conversations when they bring Michael Jordan in the conversation is three-pointers. Here's where it's hard to talk about teams and eras. Teams, as it's moved along in NBA, has moved along and basketball itself has moved along. Three-pointers have become a staple. Everybody wants to shoot threes. NBA players, college players, high school kids, all they want to do is shoot three-pointers. It's all they want to do. Back then, it was about winning the game. They shot more twos than they did threes. Michael Jordan could still shoot the three, but he was better at two dribble off the ball or take the guy off the two dribble and shoot. He was better at driving to the basket. He was better at post moves. The Bulls strived on rebounding. The Bulls strived on defense and getting those rebounds, and they could run the court as best as anybody. One reason why people say the Warriors and probably why Draymond Green and Steph Curry believe that they had the better teams is because of the three-point shooting, and they believe because they could just run people off the court. But here's the problem. It's easy to talk about offense, and this is why Draymond Green and today's fans of NBA, all they think about is offense. Offense is a huge part of the game, and they worry about who they have when they're talking about playing on offense. But you have to think about the other team. So when we talk about, okay, Warriors, you know, who did they beat in those playoffs? They didn't really beat anybody that great. You know, Damon Lillard of uh, the Blazers. You had a 40-year-old average roster Spurs. You had a hurt Utah team. They didn't really beat anybody. Then when you add Kevin Durant, same thing. But you're adding another player to come help you. And it's not like some of these Warrior guys were blowing people out of the water. Draymond Green plays good defense, rebounds, Energizer Bunny. Steph Curry can shoot and dribble. Klay Thompson can obviously shoot. You have role guys that are going to do their job. You have leadership. But what about guarding the 1995-1996 Bulls? Here's why the Bulls teams are better. One, they talk about rebounding. Two, they're bigger, but they can also move. And three, there might have been a guy on this team that wore number 23 and is the greatest of all time in Michael Jordan. And don't forget the Warriors head coach was on this team who he's lost his way. He's fallen into the new era of basketball and doesn't remember the defenses. I don't think he even respects it anymore. Talks about LeBron being the greatest of all time. I think he plays to the media and wants to play to what's easy to say in the media. So some of uh, Steve Kerr's comments don't hold much weight. Uh, if you're pouring water into a boat, it doesn't hold that much. But when you talk about the Bulls, my question is, Okay, I'm guessing you're going to put Draymond Green on Scottie Pippen because they're about the same player. But Scottie Pippen was better. Scottie Pippen could shoot way better than Draymond Green. Scottie Pippen could turn around and probably guard Steph Curry. He could probably guard Klay Thompson. He could guard those guys. Steve Kerr is the same type of player as Steph Curry. So he could shoot the three, but who's going to guard him? Ron Harper can come in and play defense and dribble the ball. Dennis Rodman could guard anybody on the floor. He guarded Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA. 
when he was on the Orlando Magic. So, Dennis Rodman can go guard anybody. Then you had Bill Wennington come off, seven foot tall. Who's going to guard him? You had Longley come off. Who's going to guard him? Tony Kukoc, who's a lengthy guy who could shoot and play defense. Who's going to guard him? And then most importantly of all, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Warriors, you have to pick who you're going to guard. Who's going to guard those guys? Who's going to guard Michael Jordan? And then who's if you miss your three-pointers, you ain't getting that offensive rebound. Not with Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Michael Jordan, who's going to play defense. You ain't stopping that. I'm not saying that the Bulls would blow them out at all. Because I do think the Warriors could play more up and down more of up-and-down play than the Chicago Bulls team. But make no mistake, those Chicago Bulls can play up and down. But they're also going to slow it down. They're going to run their triangle offense to get different guys the ball, get different guys looks, get it down to the post. Who on the Warriors team that year is going to guard all of that? Who's going to guard the mid-range? Who's going to guard the post? You're telling me that Draymond Green can guard some of those guys? You're telling me Steph Curry is going to go guard Michael Jordan? You're going to tell me an older Andre Iguodala is going to be able to go play against those guys? Sean Livingston is going to try to do that? Hmm? Clay Thompson is going to try to do that? Verjao going to do that? Any of those guys? Do you even know some of these guys? Andrew Bogut, is he going to be able to keep up with the big guys there? Are you going to bring in the Barbosa? The old Barbosa? Are you going to have Harrison Barnes do it? Do you even know who Ian Clark is? Some of you guys that talk about this, I cannot see those Warriors teams from the 2015-16 team to beat them. I just can't see it. Then you want to talk about the 2016-17 team. Hmm, Looks pretty similar, except there is a different guy on there. You added David West, who's going to give you some rebounding. But there's a different guy on there. His name's Kevin Durant. So this adds a little different thing for the Bulls. I guarantee you Michael Jordan would have guarded Kevin Durant. Would Kevin Durant scored over Michael Jordan, got some shots over him because he's a little bit taller? Yeah. But Michael Jordan would have boxed him out. Michael Jordan would have banged him. Kevin Durant is not that tough. He's not that tough. Remember when he benched like 100 pounds coming in to the NBA? I'm not saying you've got to bench that much weight, but by God, like, all of us in high school probably outbenched him by 250 pounds. He's a tough basketball player, can stay on the court because he stays healthy up until his ankle. Very good basketball player, one of the best ball players we've ever seen. Michael Jordan would have guarded him. Dennis Rodman can go guard him. I guarantee Scottie Pippen would have guarded him. So you can't sit there and tell me that 2016-17 team was going to fare any more than the previous one. So you're going to tell me that David West is really going to make that much of a difference? Are you going to tell me that Klay Thompson and Steph Curry can really go to some of those guys? Is Draymond Green going to try to guard Michael Jordan? And the thing is, with some of those guys on the Warriors, Michael Jordan would have talked them into getting a technical, which happened to Draymond Green in those finals. LeBron James got him to get a technical. Draymond Green's a great basketball player. He's a great energizer bunny. Great basketball player. Can shoot from time to time. But some of these guys let their emotions get the better of them. And you're telling me that Michael Jordan, 
who got on to Reggie Miller's skin and other people's skins, Isaiah Thomas's skin, wasn't going to get under their skin. wasn't going to make him do something. These Bulls teams, the Bulls teams are just tougher. They were meaner. And again, going back to eras, we have to talk about eras. Which era are we playing in? That's where the conversation really starts. That's where the first, one of the first things you have to think about. If you drop the Warriors team into 1995-1996, and they played a series of 10, the Bulls probably win eight of them. Because the Warriors get beat up playing by those rules. But here's the other part of this. You drop that 1995-1996 Bulls team into the 2015 or 2016 Warriors era, I still think the Bulls win eight, seven out of 10. I'll give the Warriors another one. Because here's why. You can't tell me. Yes, the Bulls might have struggled a little bit on defense because they're used to banging. They're used to hitting. But you can't tell me that uh, Michael Jordan wasn't going to shoot 60 free throws driving to the basket. You can't tell me that the Bulls wouldn't have had 45 defensive rebounds because if the Warriors start missing them in the way they play defense. Now, are these games blowouts by any means? No. And if it comes down close, there is one guy in this world. Actually, there's two. I will take one slightly over the other. Ten seconds left in the game. And they're close games. You want one of these two guys on your team. And it's not Kevin Durant. It's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. With Michael Jordan on that other side, there is no way these Warriors win. The matchups just don't work. The Bulls match up to guard better against the Warriors than the Warriors match up to play the Bulls. So I respect what Draymond Green was saying because he's thinking about his team. He's worried about protecting his team. He wants to show respect And I get it. But those Bulls teams, that Bulls team, any Bulls teams from the 90s, but especially that one, they're big, but they're also quick. And they can also shoot. I know the Warriors really good at three-point shooting. But how can you shoot threes when they got guys in their face playing defense? And we try to drive to the lane, and you've got a Dennis Rodman standing to block the shot. you got a Scottie Pippen standing there. You've got lengthy guys standing there. And Michael Jordan can guard anybody, anybody on that Warriors team. Michael Jordan will go guard them. Because one thing that separated Michael Jordan from the rest, Kobe Bryant from the rest, like the LeBron James of the world, they will play defense. They will play better defense than everybody else. So, those 1995-1996 Bulls team would beat that Warriors team. End of discussion. Before we move on to the last topic for the podcast, all you football coaches out there that are still listening, we're getting some of you are in spring ball, some of you might have ended spring ball. A lot of us are getting ready for the summer, planning that out. Well, we're trying to get ahead of the game. You got to think about your big guys in the trenches. Think about your offense and defensive linemen and probably your tight ends and everything else. In practice, they hit every single play, and that's why it's the greatest position in football. In games, turn around after practicing all week, get a lot of hits in games. That's a lot of blows they're taking. But there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows those guys take each and every week, and it's guardian caps. 
it reduces the impact by 20 to 33%, which is huge. And it also saves scuffs and everything impact on the helmet during practice. It absorbs it, which is, that's a game changer. So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian dash caps and use the code 15 off, you will save 15% off your order no matter how many you order. And there's different colors to try to fit your team's colors. It is worn by over five NFL teams and 200 plus colleges like Georgia, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Roll Tide Alabama. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for the rest of us. Guardiansports.com slash guardian dash caps or just click the link in the description below. Code 15 off to save 15% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. Go take advantage of that before we head into the summer. And speaking of saving you money, some of you football coaches, I'm sure, forget about your special teams sometimes. And what starts with special teams? The kicker. Kickers are very important to your special teams. And I'm here to to help you to help them be able to have a strategic plan going each and every game and to kick the ball into the end zone. And believe it or not, the problem might be the kicking tee. You don't need the old school orange one. Nobody needs the old school orange one. I am here to tell you that Launchpad Kickoff Tee has created the perfect tee for strategic options for squib kicks, onside kicks, and just kicking the ball into the end zone. It has flaps on each side to place the ball however you want, helps you get to the sweet spot of the football, and it's not going to fall over in the wind. Those old school orange ones or the straight up ones, it's not going to blow over in the wind. When you order one from Launchpad Kickoff Tee, it comes with a manual of how to place the football for every strategic option you want. You're looking to do different squib kicks, onside kicks, it's going to help you. So if you go to launchpadkickofftea.com slash CSS and then at checkout, use the code CSS. When you buy one, you're going to save 10%. Then they have a four-pack. If you use that code for the four-pack, you're going to get that fourth one free. So you're just going to pay for the three, and they'll give you the fourth one free with that code CSS. So I'm here to save you money. Go help your kicker. Go get get the guy to kick in the end zone. You will not be disappointed. So again, launchpadkickofftea.com slash CSS and use the code CSS at checkout to save you money. I'm here to save you money. Go do that for me. Thank you, Launchpad Kickoff Tea, for sponsoring in the podcast. LeBron James just can't seem to ever stay away from making ignorant, dumb, weird comments. Uh, He stays quiet on certain political things because he wants money. But then he has opened up on other things where he's been wrong. But, But I digress from that part of his life. Let's talk about the end of the Lakers season. The Lakers, this is probably their worst season they have had probably ever. Maybe not ever. We've seen some bad ones. But what they mean by this might be one of the worst ever is because of who they had. They had LeBron James. They had Carmelo Anthony. They had Russell Westbrook. They had Anthony Davis. Injuries played a big part. And we fully understand it. I understand it. That is one thing I will say. If LeBron came out and said they had a ton of injuries... Here's the thing with LeBron, before we talk about what he said. If they ask LeBron about the season, if he came out and said, hey, you know what, we had all this talent, we had all this experience, we had all of this, but we did not perform the way we needed to, I did not perform the way we needed to, we did have injuries, but we have to find a way to overcome those injuries, other guys do need to step up, I have to step up on leadership, 
and we have to find a way to get it done, even in, as Father Time is catching up with me. I would have 10 times more respect than what I do, and the respect I have for LeBron James is virtually zero. But I would have almost 10 times more respect for LeBron James if he came out and said that because that's a true leader. We don't have that type of leadership in a lot of things in today. Those type of people that have that type of leadership are your great coaches, Jocko Willick, those type of people. That's who we have great leadership with. We don't see the type of leadership in our leaders uh, and politics and everything else, and it transitions to sport as well. Asking LeBron James if this season was a failure. It's hard for players to say if it was a failure, but when you have that type of talent, you have that type of experience, if LeBron James is the king and the goat, which he's not, it's a failure. Michael Jordan would have said it's a failure. They asked him, Lakers seizing a failure? The title of this article, I love it. Lakers season wasn't a failure, question mark. LeBron James makes excuses instead of being a leader. I love it. In the Los Angeles Times. Habits of the past can resurface at unexpected times. As one particularly curious example did the Lakers practice facility Monday when it was broadcast around the world. And this is talking about the last game. LeBron James passed up a critical shot with the Lakers only a day removed from the end of the another season. And looking ahead to an uncertain future, they desperately needed a leader. Instead, what they received was a more wishy-washiness from the passive-aggressive superstar who calls himself a king. The Lakers are lost, but James didn't provide them with any direction. They are a deflated franchise, but he didn't offer any words of inspiration. They are dysfunctional, but he didn't accept blame for his role in their failure in a way that could have started rebuilding a culture of accountability after their shameful scapegoating of Frank Vogel. Speaking just a couple hours before Vogel's firing made official, James wouldn't even acknowledge that a season in which the Lakers went 33-9 and and missed the playoffs was a failure. It's not a failure at all, James said. We came to work every single day, put our hard hats on, and tried to get better every day, and the results just didn't happen for us, but it's not a failure. Asked how much responsibility he took for how the team season unfolded, he replied with a couple of lines of well-practiced lip service. Obviously, if you follow me in any of my career, when we don't succeed, I take a lot of the responsibility, he said. That's just who I am. I wish I could have been a lot better in leading this franchise this year. So basically, he said he was taking responsibility without specifically for what. Regardless how much blame he actually deserves, when the best player on a team holds himself to a high standard of accountability, it forces everyone else in the organization to do the same. That wasn't the case here. James could have talked about his body language, which often portrayed his lack of confidence and less talented teammates. He could have pointed out to his inconsistent defensive play, which was a team-wide problem. He could have acknowledged his shortcomings as a talented evaluator and recruiter, which contributed to an imbalanced roster that was too old. If anything, he continued to distance himself from the personal decisions that produced one of the most disastrous seasons in franchise history. Never mind that he hosted meetings with potential trade targets at his house. 
Ask me my opinion. I'm going to give my opinion, James said. But at the end of the day, they're going to make the decision that feels best for the franchise. Asked about... Asked what he entered the season expecting of his ultimately unproductive partnership with Russell Westbrook that he helped broker. James replied, I don't put any expectations on anything. The only direct apology he made was for playing in just 56 games, but the admission sounded as if there, if it were designed to support his excuse about how the Lakers were ravaged by injuries. What made the lack of leadership problematic is that if James doesn't provide it, there's no one else in the organization who can. There's a reason the Lakers are in a disarray, and it starts up at the top with the owner, Jeannie Buss, who isn't the visionary her father was. And you also have a GM in Rob Palenka. His qualifications run a basketball operations department um, of the sports most decorative franchise. Um, suspicious about how he runs the program. So it still goes on and on. So, LeBron James is very good at playing the narrative. And we've talked about this. LeBron James is very good at talking around the answer. Kind of, he starts to agree with what's said. So if they said, you take responsibility, he kind of starts, but then he'll venture off to kind of take it away. He would be, he's like a politician talking about this. This article, the Los Angeles Times, where you play at LeBron James has written this article in the title. I cannot be more excited of how the title is. LeBron James just doesn't ever take responsibility. Maybe when he first started on the NBA, he kind of did. But then it's turned into, well, he doesn't. He says he does, but he doesn't. And if you look at the trail of LeBron James, when he first started out, Cleveland Cavaliers were starting to come up. Then it kind of ends where you can't win. But then you go to Miami with the super team. Then you leave Miami... In a disarray. You go to Cleveland, leave Cleveland again in a disarray. Wherever you go, besides um, Miami, head coaches get fired under LeBron James. You ever notice that? Body language is huge. And take it from me. Watching Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. The years where the Lakers had bad teams, they still made it to the playoffs. But even he talked about trying to be a leader. Trying to figure that out trying to figure out the best way to do it. He started to turn into Michael Jordan-esque when it came to leadership. But times he even says, body language is huge. And figured out, how can I get these guys to play better? LeBron strives himself on, you know, leadership. But what kind of leadership do you provide? Remember the bubble where he brought the whole team in and started yelling at every single player from every different team to talk about political things and what they need to do and do this and do that. And a bunch of younger guys said, who the hell do you think you are to talk to me that way? Who the hell do you think you are to tell me what to do? The GOAT situation, that topic needs to finally dive. Said it's finally needs to go a million times. This does. Because we talk about Your team has a chance to get into the playing game and you didn't play in the final game. You make that April Fool's thing and you you airball a shot. Those type of things take you out of the GOAT conversation. You guys ever seen the picture of Kobe Bryant wrapped up in a bunch of ice all over his body? He did that when his team maybe not didn't have a shot to get to the playoffs. The difference between Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant 
to LeBron James. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant would die on that court to win a regular season game because they never knew when it was going to be done. They knew how much people, especially Kobe Bryant, knew how much they spent to be there, how much money gets spent to go watch an NBA game, to see him play. Tickets are expensive for all sporting events. doesn't matter what it is. They knew how much money they spent. They would die on that court. LeBron is freakishly talented. LeBron can score. But excuses get made by LeBron. Kobe and Michael would take responsibility, even though in the back of their minds, they knew that the teammates did something wrong or something happened. They would take the responsibility and put it on their shoulders, especially Michael Jordan. I am a Kobe Bryant fan, maybe a bigger Kobe Bryant fan than a Michael Jordan fan, but I still put Michael Jordan the greatest of all time. I put it 1A and 1B with Kobe right there. There are things that Michael was better at than, than Kobe Bryant. So you have to put Michael Jordan up there. But they were the same player. In a world where we need leadership from the very top that's in Washington, from any type of coach, from the guy that's supposed to be the greatest of all time, you need constant leadership. You don't dance around the question. You take responsibility and talk about what to do to get better. Yes, LeBron, the season was a failure with what you had assembled. With what you've talked about on Twitter, keep that same energy, then you deleted it. LeBron, I think you need to go zero dark 30 for the rest of your remaining life. Never again do we want to see a tweet by you because ignorant comments from you outside of basketball, we're just over it. We're done. Yes, a lot of my opinions are not right. A lot of my thoughts are not right. But I'm not you, LeBron James. I don't have this big outreach like you do. One day that'd be awesome. But sometimes you need to think before you post something, LeBron, before you post it, because you're supposed to be this role model. Quit making excuses. Take responsibility, saying you guys didn't. Like, take responsibility. Quit making excuses. This season ultimately was a failure because we're not talking about Cleveland. We're not talking about some franchise that is never talked about to win a championship. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. Year in and year out, talk about to win a title. So when you ac- accumulate you, who you are good. Like, like LeBron James is a good basketball player, but when you have you who are the king, and you bring in guys in because you make the, help make those decisions. We all know it, even whether it says it or not. He is in there talking about it with them to get who is here, talk about who to hire as a coach now because Frank Vogel was the scapegoat for this. He was fired hours after the game and talked about even before it got leaked out. And I'm sure LeBron leaked it out because he's he's an ass. It's a failure. It's a failure. Kobe Bryant would call it a failure, and he's going to have a statue built of him for Los Angeles. You're never going to have a statue built for you, LeBron, at the Lakers, ever. That's why I hate when people put him in the Lakers and their top best players ever. LeBron, quit making excuses. The GOAT debate is now forever over. It's over. It is done. 
And I am glad we can bury it and be done. LeBron, just quit making excuses. LeBron, could you retire? Please, and thank you. But quit making excuses. Again, I'm going to read the title of this article because it's just great. It's absolutely phenomenal from the Los Angeles Times. Lakers season wasn't a failure, question mark. LeBron James makes excuses instead of being a leader. And that's where we're into that. LeBron is not a leader. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening and or watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. If you're listening to the podcast in the audio form, it can be found anywhere you can find your podcast. Please leave it a review and rate it on Apple, uh, the Apple uh, Podcast um, app. Uh, be greatly appreciated. Um, check out all the other episodes. Uh, check out the Patreon, the Coach Steve Show on Patreon.com. Uh, there'll be stuff put there. Check out future episodes. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Um, and just like LeBron James getting out of the playoffs, we will see you next time. You've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.